Hello everyone, welcome back. My name is Megan Snuckle and I'm one of the chief medical residents here at University of Connecticut. Today we will be discussing a topic that we come across so many times as internists and it's really important for us to fully understand. The topic is advanced directives. We will be discussing some definitions because they can be confusing as there are many different types of terms that we can use and then understand the importance of implementing this with our patients, specifically in the outpatient setting. First, to begin with some definitions. An advanced directive is just a general term that is a written statement regarding someone's medical treatment and an opportunity for these patients to express their wishes. There are many different documents and terms that fall underneath this umbrella term, um, and we're gonna discuss these specific terms. We use these terms day to day, but it is important for us to understand exactly what each of them mean. And also to take note that sometimes this can vary from state to state. Practicing in Connecticut, I'm going to discuss these terms um, in reference to this state, but you should be comfortable and understand whatever state you are practicing in. First, the living will. This is a written legal instruction regarding the medical care preference for a patient. These are not legally binding contracts, but serve more as a guide for our healthcare professionals and their loved ones. Living wills can be difficult to interpret, as sometimes they're very vague. They use phrases such as no heroic measures, which really can mean different for different people. But they can outline specifically, I do or do not want X, Y, and Z. Then you have our durable power of attorney or medical power of attorney, healthcare representative. Our next term is durable power of attorney or medical power of attorney. These can be confusing because there's a financial power of attorney, so it's best to use healthcare representative so it indicates exactly what it's supposed to be for the medical needs of the patient. This is an advanced directive that designates a surrogate decision maker, and this is a legal document that designates this person. As mentioned, it is different from the financial power of attorney, but often it is the same person, um, but you, you do need to look into this because it's not always the same. Now, what this person can do is with the physician and the patient, you can have a advanced care planning session to discuss what the patient would want because as I mentioned with the living will, they can it can be very vague. The healthcare representative can use their own judgment to interpret the living will the best way that serves the patient. Next of kin is um, a, an appointed representative when the patient did not assign a person, um, and this obviously occurs after they become incapacitated. For the state of Connecticut, the order is the following, spouse of the patient, adult children, then parents of the patient, and then adult siblings. And, you know, this often is, occurs within the hospital when we don't have these advanced directives to um, refer to. A conservator is an individual appointed by a probate court to make any personal decisions for an individual. A physician has recommended that this that the court assigns a particular person because they do not believe the individual can make sound decisions on their own. Versus a guardian is appointed by a court to control medical and financial decisions for you know, such as a disabled adult or an unemancipated minor, a physician is not necessarily involved in the guardianship versus a conservatorship, a physician is involved. 
So now that we know these terms, you know, why do we do this? Why do we engage our patients in advanced care planning? Well, it is equally important for our patients as our patients' loved ones. It helps all parties involved take care of the patient as they would like to be treated. Making decisions can be difficult, especially if their loved ones do not know exactly what the patient would want. It puts a large burden on those, on those individuals and can lead to depression, complicated grief, stress, and even PTSD. So now as physicians, what do we need to do? We need to encourage advanced care planning, especially in the outpatient setting, meaning let's have open discussions with our patients and their loved ones about their needs and wishes, especially in our chronically sick patients. It is important to explain to our patients that these directives do not need to be signed by a lawyer or a notary to be valid. Um, in many cases, when an advanced directive is made, it's in the hospital and there's no lawyers or notaries there. Often patients do involve the lawyer because it does make them more comfortable, but that's not necessary. We as physicians cannot be one of the witnesses for an advanced directive, and that's important for us to understand, but we should be involved in the process for education and support, and of course, always document in the chart about the discussions you've had with the patient and their loved ones. So our take home here is um, encourage advanced care planning with your patients. Not only should they um, consider getting a living will, but also a healthcare representative and, and having that open discussion about what they would want, not necessarily just CPR or intubation, but bridge leading up to these complications as well. I want to thank you again for joining us for our podcast. We'll see you next week.